welcome to the Prism of Torah podcast archive with your host, Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. This podcast features a Devar Torah called Parshas Tetzaveh, the best way to live life. In Shmois Perek Lamed Beis, Moshe Rabbeinu approaches HaKadosh Baruch after the sin of the golden calf and Moshe Rabbeinu tells Hashem the following. Now, if you would, please forgive their sin. If not, you can remove me from the book that you have written. Meaning, Moshe Rabbeinu says, please accept Bnei Israel back, and if not, remove me from the book that you wrote. At the end of the day, Baruch Hashem, Bnei Israel did Shuvah, Kodesh Buch, accepted them, and yet still, Moshe Rabbeinu's name was removed from the Torah, from one parsha. Question number one. If everything was done and they did tshuva and HaKadosh Buhu accepted what Moshe Rabbeinu requested, then why was his name still removed? Question number two. Why was it that the parsha that HaKadosh Buhu decided to remove him from was this week's parsha, Parsha Stetzave, which main theme is discussing about the Kohanim, their garments, etc., where the Kohanim, in a sense, are the agents of HaKadosh Buhu. What is unique about that? In order to answer these questions... I would like to raise one other question because the answer to that question will lead us to answer the two questions we just mentioned. So, if we go back to the time that Moshe Rabbeinu approached, that actually HaKadosh Buhu approached Moshe Rabbeinu at the burning bush and he requested him to be the leader to take Bnei Israel out of Egypt. And there was a lot of resistance that Moshe Rabbeinu showed towards taking the job. Eventually, it became clear why he did not want to take the job because he said send this mission with the one you usually send, i.e., he's referring to Aaron. He was worried that Aaron's, his older brother, who was the leader up till now, would get offended, would, and he was very sensitive to that fact. Kadesh got upset with him and said, promised him, do not worry, Aaron will not get affected, he'll be very happy that you're the leader. Still, Moshe Rabbeinu did it, but he showed a bit of resistance, and indeed, once he was the leader, Chazal teaches us that Aaron was happy for him. But, says Rabbi Yossi, in the Gemara in Tzvachim, Daf, Kuf, Beis, Amud, Aleph, that Moshe Rabbeinu got punished for showing the resistance of taking this job happily, and he lost out on the kuna, meaning originally he was supposed to be the coin, but it was removed, the coin gadol, and it was removed from him to Aaron. So the question that I'm raising now, question number three, why is it that he deserved the punishment? At the end of the day, his concern was such a healthy concern. He cared about his older brother Aaron. So why was he getting punished on the fact that he was caring for his brother? To answer all these three questions, we have to add one more piece to the puzzle, and that is the following. There's two ways of being Oyved Hashem. There's two main ways that a person can be Oyved Hashem. Two extreme, two extreme ways, and we're all somewhere in the middle between the two extremes. Extreme number one, i.e. the first approach, is actually reflected in the worlds of Chazal. Our will is to do your will. Meaning, the whole idea of servicing Hashem starts with our subjective will. And we realize what's good for us is to have, also in this world, but more so in the world to come, is to listen and to do what Hashem wants. However, and this is brought down in the Pirkei Avos, that it's Al-Menas Le-Kabel Kras, we're being Oyved Hashem in order to get credit in the world to come. And that's also a healthy way, at least we're being Oyved Hashem and we do what Hashem wants. The other extreme 
and the better approach is reflected in the words of Chazal and Pirkei Avos that we make His will our own will. Meaning in this approach, Hashem's will is the starting point. And we totally subjugate ourselves and our desires to Hashem's will. And it doesn't matter what we really want to do. We totally do what Hashem wants us to do. This approach, this latter approach, is where big people are holding. Very close to, the, to, to 100% being doing Ratzon Hashem no matter what. And that is why we can see several stories about this. There's a famous story about the Gon Mevilna. The Gon Mevilna sent a messenger to get him an Eslog for Sukkot time. And he went and he couldn't find anything in those days. It's not like today that we live in a world of so much of everything. Eventually he found a merchant that's selling an Eslog, the most beautiful Eslog. So he said, how much for this one? And the merchant said, I'm not selling this one. This one's for me. He goes, please, whatever you say, this is for the Eilige Gon Mevilna. He says, no, I'm not selling it. Eventually, he said, you know what, I'm only willing to sell it if the Gon Mevilna will take it on Tnai, on condition that the credit for the mitzvah, the reward for the mitzvah goes to me. So the Shaliyah didn't know what to do. On the one hand, he wanted to come back with a good esrog for the Gon Mevilna. On the other hand, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't know how the Gon Mevilna would react to such a condition. He had no choice, so he took it home with him. Eventually, he got to the city of the Gon Mevilna. He came up to him. And he said, here's the esrog I got. And the Gon Mevilna was jumping for happiness. This is unbelievable, such a nice esrog. But the Shaliyah didn't know where to put himself because he was about to tell him, but there's one condition. Says the Gon Mevilna, what's the condition? So he tells him, the condition is that the reward goes to the merchant. That was the only condition he was willing to sell it to me. The Gon Mevilna jumped even higher and he was so excited because he says, finally, I have a chance in my life to do something 100% just to do Hashem's will without any external condition. It has it's nothing to do with the reward because I'm not going to get the reward for this mitzvah. That shows where the Gon Mevilna was holding. The same is true with Rav Steinman that you see no matter what, even though he knew learning was the most important thing and he loved learning and he was totally in his learning but the second someone needed his help and came to his house he showed he gave as much time as was requ required same with Rabbanit Kanievsky she just came back from hospital after four days and yet still even though her daughter was pushing her to go to sleep she, she saw uh, uh, outside her house already a bunch of people waiting to talk to her and she wouldn't go to sleep until she gave the time and day for every one of them and the last story I want to share with you is it was brought down about Rebzusha, that someone asked him, what would you like, what would you think of the idea if you were switched and you were Avram Avinu and Avram Avinu would Rebzusha? So Rebzusha said, so what's the point of doing that? HaKadosh Buhu will still have the same in his world. He would have one Rebzusha and one Avram Avinu. That shows clearly that these people were holding and thinking in the second approach of being over the Shem. Everything is about what's best for Hashem, not what, best, what is best for me. Now, one more piece of information that's important to answer all the questions is a Gemara, a Gemara in, in Shabbos. The Gemara in Shabbos, Daf Tzadizayin Amudalef, explains that if there is no real true reasoning to suspect someone for doing wrong, and you still suspect him for doing wrong, then it is a reflection of a flaw in your own personality. For example, if someone is doing something and you, you think he's, he's in charge of a bunch of money, he says, oh, he probably took a couple of shekels to, to himself, or a couple of dollars to himself. But you have no reason to really think that. So that means that at some level, subconscious or not, 
If you were in that position, probably you would do that. Or else, why are you suspicious of him doing that? Now, having said that, maybe this would shed a little bit of light on the dialogue that happened between HaKadosh Buhu and Moshe Rabbeinu and the burning bush. HaKadosh Buhu tells Moshe Rabbeinu, you have nothing to worry about. I know Aaron. Aaron is on the level of the second approach we said to be over the Shem. All he cares is about Hashem's will. And hence, he doesn't really care who the leader is to take Mesrael out of Mitzrayim. It doesn't matter if it's him or it doesn't matter if it's younger brother Moshe. As long as there will be a leader for Hashem. I am telling you, he's holding on that level. So he won't be offended. So you can be the leader now, I'm telling you. Yet Moshe Rabbeinu was still worried for him, but he had no right to be worried for him. And the fact that he was still worried for him shows that at some point, some subtlety, because we're talking about the Heilig and Moshe Rabbeinu, at that point in time, he had that flaw in him. It's a reflection of the flaw in him that he perhaps was not holding 100% pure in doing only the Tzon Hashem. Because why is he worried that Aaron, why is he worried that Aaron would get offended? If Aaron was really on that level, and Hashem's telling him he's on that level, don't worry. Yet Moshe Rabbeinu was still worried. Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu subconsciously maybe put himself in that position, said, I would get offended. And hence, he got punished, or not really punished, a result of being on that level, and not purely 100% on the level of doing Ratzon Hashem, for the right reasons, you cannot be a Kohen Gadol. And that's why Aaron got the Kohen Gadol. So that already answers why HaKadosh Baruch got upset and removed the Kehuna, the, being the Kohen, the agent of Hashem, from Moshe Ta'arun. More than that, Hashem, though, wants to make it clear to us that Moshe Rabbeinu did tshuva on this, Nekuda. How do we know he did tshuva? How did, did HaKadosh Baruch ensure that we realize Moshe did tshuva? And that's how we, how we know Moshe Rabbeinu is Moshe Rabbeinu and is the most modest person out of all, Anav Mikol Adam, etc. Because... HaKadosh Baruch said, I am still going to remove him from a parsha in the Torah. Why? I didn't need to, but I want to. Because the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu got to a point when he was able to say to Hashem, if you don't accept the tshuva of Israel, remove me from the Torah, that shows he reached that level. At that point, he reached that level. He didn't care about himself at all. He just wanted to do what was best for Hashem. Best for Hashem was to have a nation that will be chozo b'tshuva and go in the ways of Hashem. And that's why he removed his name, despite the fact that he, that Pnesel de Tshuva, he still wanted to remove the name of Moshe, at least from one parsha, symbolically, to tell us, for sure, Moshe Rabbeinu de Tshuva. And what is the best fitting parsha to do that? Parsha Stetzave. Why? Because it's talking about the Kohanim. Yes, Moshe Rabbeinu now did reach the level to be a Kohen, even though he didn't get it, because it was already removed from him and given to Aaron. But he did reach that level. So at the end of the day, we've answered all our three questions. Why was Moshe Rabbeinu's name still removed? To ensure we understand he did tshuva and reached the best that he can, the level of being over the Hashem, just because Hashem said, and that's his will. His will is Hashem's will. And that's it. Number two, why Dafka Parsha Tetzaveh? To show that now he was on the level, indeed, of become, of, he was really on the level now of being a coin. What he lost at that point in the burning bush, now he actually reached that level again. And question number three, why he lost down on the kahuna, because at that point, he wasn't befitting to get the kuna anymore because he, he wasn't 100% on that level. Yiratzon that we'll take from here and realize that we should always aspire and realize when a person aspires to someone, something, he gets closer to that, even if he doesn't 100% reach it. We should aspire to be over the sham, not st- with a starting point of our selfish will, but always to be immersed in Hashem's will and do whatever Hashem 
wants and through that we can merit to get closer to Hashem and and be mashpia on everyone around us. Good job. This is the Prism of Torah podcast. Drabasaf Aaron Prisman. Please share with your friends and family. Prismoftorah.com is where you can find the full archive of Divrei Torah. You can contact us through the website. Once again, prismoftorah.com. This podcast was produced for free by Ellie Podcast Production. Lunishmas, Leva Siona, Yakov Alexander, Ben Mordechai Doyf, Isaac Isaac Ben Moshe.